Dark Days of Dorothy Gale contains content not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Darker Days of Dorothy Gale Chapter 46 Cositis A Space Without Time As Dorothy Mister and the Woodman traveled up the frozen river, the ground began to shake even more. The wind grew stronger and colder, and Judeca became even darker. The gusts of the wind became so strong, and the ice of the frozen river so slick that they would occasionally lose their collective footing, causing them to slide back and lose ground. Though it did little to give her warmth, Dorothy wrapped herself in a blanket she was carrying in her backpack. Mister, who was trying to hold on to Dorothy for stability, found he was too much of a burden for her to bear. Instead, he held on to the woodman, who said nothing of helping him. Together, the three of them persisted. The walls closed in and grew narrower with each passing step. Dorothy struggled, but managed to stave off her claustrophobia. Now was not the time to panic. It felt like hours before they found themselves in a large, open, circular chamber. The walls rose high above them as they curved up, forming a large dome. Along the wall was a stone staircase that spiraled up to about the halfway point. From there, a stone bridge crossed end to end. A bright, concentrated beam of white light burst through an opening in the ceiling. Dorothy imagined the opening was probably bigger than they thought, and they all drew the same conclusion. The light was exactly where they needed to be. In the center of the room was a large beast. It had two giant sets of bat-like wings. Resting on its shoulders were three heads. That of a lion on the right side, a leopard on the left, and in the middle, a wolf. Behind it, the travelers could see a frantically waving scorpion's tail. It was long and narrow, with a speared tip. It was long and narrow, and in and of itself was almost as intimidating as the beast that stood in front of them. The flesh on the top half of this impressive creature was scaled like that of a serpent, while the bottom half was covered in hair. Its arms were thick and stocky. Something about them looked unnatural, disproportionate to the rest of its body. Its hands were large, with five fingers each, and all tipped with long, white, bone-like claws. Its legs appeared to be those of a goat. It stood on its haunches as it clawed upward at the ceiling, trying to reach the bridge that was impeding the light. 
It stomped one cloven foot on the ground angrily as it tried to break free of the ice that held its other firmly in place. With every flap of its great wings, a cold wind blew. It took the travelers all their strength to stand their ground against it. Upon noticing Dorothy, it stopped stomping and clawing at once. Who are you? it asked. The words were coming from the wolf's mouth. Its voice was eloquent and feminine. And why have you come here? Dorothy stood tall and confident. She did not, however, feel confident. And certainly, in the presence of this beast, she did not feel tall, but instead small and minuscule, insignificant. There was still a great distance between them, but the enormity of the monster was appreciated by each of the travelers. I'm here, answered Dorothy, fighting off her shaking voice. Because this is how I get out of the other side. And I'm getting out of the other side. The beast looked at her and laughed. This is indeed the way to escape. But if there is no escape for me, then there is no escape for anyone. It threw itself to the ground and reached out to Dorothy, clawing and hissing, just barely unable to reach her. Its tail whipped around violently, stabbing at the ground, managing to get close to Dorothy, but never quite close enough to hit her. The wolf snapped and snarled, the lion roared, and the leopard hissed loudly. As the beast thrashed around, the ice that made up the floor began to crack. Dorothy stood calm, fighting the urge to flinch with all her strength. Her heart pounded and her breath became short, but her resolve and will became stone. She looked the beast in the eyes and took a deep breath. You cannot, she screamed. You will not. You will never hurt me. This display of power threw the beast into even more of a frenzy. It climbed back to its feet and stomped even more, even harder than before. Its wings flapped, knocking Dorothy, Mr., and even the woodman back, not only several feet, but to the point that they were nearly blown out of the chamber. You shouldn't have done that! Mr. yelled, making sure he was heard over the wind as he held on to Dorothy for dear life. Not your best decision, Dorothy Gale, yelled the woodman, for the same reasons as Mr. Just get to the stairs, Dorothy yelled as she crawled along the chamber floor, digging her fingers into the cracks of the broken ice that covered it. Once they made it to the stairs, 
the wind created by the beast's large wings posed a different kind of problem. At times, it was so strong that it pressed them against the wall, to the point they were nearly immobile. At one point, Dorothy feared she would be crushed by its force, sharing the same fate as Judah. They were granted reprieve every couple of minutes, as the beast would occasionally stop flapping, instead making vain attempts to reach them with its stubby arms, or snap at them with any one of its massive heads, each equipped with razor-sharp teeth. It was not the arms or the mouths that posed any real threat to the travelers, though. It was instead the long tail with its scorpion tip. As the tail whipped through the air, it consistently came dangerously close to them as they made their way around the outer edge of the room. Once they made it to a position behind the beast, where it could not see them or look at them, the wind from its wings posed a different problem than before. With each massive flap, it no longer pressed them against the wall of the chamber, but instead pulled them away from it. Mister, being the lightest, found himself the easiest to be pulled from the edge of the stairs. It was the quick-thinking Dorothy that rescued him by grabbing hold of his straw-filled hand, and it was in turn the quick-thinking woodman who rescued her in much the same way. The woodman, being the heaviest, was affected the least by this inverse wind, but still found himself digging his axe into the steps in front of him and holding on tightly. Dorothy screamed as the tail of the monster sliced through Mr. His stomach opened wide as the straw that filled his body spilled out. Dorothy! he screamed as his eyes quickly began to fade. Leave me! Dorothy refused to let go. Instead, she mustered up all her strength and pulled him back to safety. The beast continued to flap and stomp as the travelers fought the wind from all directions. Finally, on the bridge and above the massive Cocytus, the wind was much less problematic. They crossed over its head and before long found themselves standing directly over him. His arms waved as his tail continued to thrash wildly. Still, just out of reach of the travelers. Occasionally, he would manage a lucky strike on the bridge, causing parts of it to crumble and break. Dorothy carried the lifeless, empty body of Mr. Scarecrow, as she and the Tin Woodman made their way to the light amidst the chaos caused by the monster below them. It was warm, and it was all-encompassing. It became even more blinding as they stood inside of it. And as they looked up, all their fears, all their problems, seemed to disappear one by one. They each felt a sense of relief as they realized 
they were finally out of the other side.